0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are here to review episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you've been listening, you know that that means that Rob and Harrison from the Basement Binge are here with me and maybe a little bit more pep in my voice here because I am super excited to talk about this episode uh, Rob uh, and Harris and I just shared a pretty good laugh before actually recording this So I am ready to go uh, Rob, welcome uh, I, guess, I guess so I'm supposed to be Eeyore this week
1: So okay, <laughs> let's,
0: let's talk about this show Yeah, Harrison, uh, welcome to you two as well uh, How's it going, man?
2: It's great. I I'm excited to be here. Like you said, we were chatting before we started and I just I can't wait <laughs> to talk about this. <laughs> All
0: right. So, uh listeners, uh some Really cool things here at the end of the episode that we're going to talk about, and I'm going to have Harrison go over that. So, But that's just a little tease. um, And probably for Harrison, too, this is a tease because I'm going to put him on the spot. But (laughs) (laughs) if you've listened to the show, uh, we're going to get right into the two-minute warning here and talk about our spoiler-free reaction to this because I want to talk about this in depth. So, Rob... Uh, you're doing backflips You're ready to go You've got confetti <laughs> streamers uh, Take it away and you can give us your first thoughts um,
1: So uh, Two minute warning uh, This segment of the two minute warning is known as Rob ruins an episode for everybody um, So I, I I just want to get it out there I actually really enjoy Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a series I've been having a total blast With it And um, this week for me did take a step back in terms of just a lot of the stuff that was happening. Like you stop and you say, okay, wait, what are they doing? Um, what, why does that make sense? Like there's a lot of things that the first time I watched it, I just, I was like, wait, I'm sorry. What, hold on. How, how is that working? It didn't feel like a lot of the actions were being explained very well by the writing. Um, and the rewatch, it makes it even more obvious that almost nothing that's happening makes any sense at all as to why exactly it is that it is happening. Um, that being said, it's still, this show is still a ton of fun. It's, it, if you kind of just tune out and don't expect things to happen for reasons that make sense, you're going to have a blast. And and still, when you get right down to it, we've talked a lot about how great uh, Sam Wilson and and Bucky are together um, and how great those two actors are, how great those characters have been and just how much fun uh, it is to watch them on screen together. Um, you know, they're, they're the best of enemies once again. And when, when the show leans on that the most, it shines through. Um, the parts of this episode I enjoyed were those ones. Um, the parts that don't make a lot of sense uh, were kind of tough to get through for me.
0: All right. That, that'll be definitely an interesting conversation when we get deeper into it. Uh, Harrison, what are your spoiler free thoughts on the initial, uh, watch through?
2: Yeah, it's, this is, I had the time of my life watching this episode. It's really funny, right? As Rob was talking about how he didn't like it and writing, he was kind of saying like what's happening isn't justified by the writing. I pulled up IMDB like I always do, uh, And someone had a review, how about the writing wasn't good? And I was like, well, like, okay, so this random person on IMDb that I haven't seen, now Robert's saying that the writing isn't great with this episode. But I don't care. Like, (laughs) I'm sure I can kind of understand why those complaints are there. But I watched this episode twice, and both times I didn't have a single moment where I was taken out of the experience because something was bad. Uh, so it's weird. Like, looking back, I can see, like, oh, yeah, I can kind of understand why someone would make those judgments. But in the middle of it, I'm so engrossed in the fun, in, in the, the – almost like the adventure of it. That's not the right word, but the, – the ride. That's a better word. I'm, I'm so invested in the ride of it. I'm just having the time of my life, enjoying so many different aspects of it, from the characters to the actors' on-screen presence to w- whatever. It all just worked for me that it was just a blast. I will say that this episode – does take a step back for me a little bit where it doesn't, it, it's not as uh, maybe intelligent in the way in what it's presenting about in its writing. You know, like the last episode, we really talked about some clashing ideologies we're seeing and and clashing ideas and, and real legitimate conflict because of that. Uh, where this episode is just kind of like a bunch of fun. Like this is like, Reese's Puffs for cereal type fun yeah you know like it's (laughs) it's kind of simple like it's not presenting bigger conflicting ideas about these themes and topics it's been tackling so in that way it was kind of a step back but at the same time I don't even care because I was just having so much fun
0: yeah um I think that's a really good way to put that and no lie there are Reese's Puffs in my cupboard right now for serious So <laughs> um, nice. But I, you know, Harrison, I think that's a really good point. And I, that sums up how I really feel about this episode. To me, it takes a step back from some of the more serious tones that we got in the first and second episode, but I don't care because to me, there's a couple of really strong points about this episode that I will talk about this in the review made me go back to the MCU movie franchise and go just, wow. Um, I didn't feel that way until now, but going back, like it was reaffirmed. So I think this is a really good episode regardless of, yes, I think there are a couple steps back, but the performances that I love I love so much that yeah I just I don't care um, it's like Mortal Kombat for me the original movie <laughs> in 1995 like is it a good is it a good movie no but it was fun at the time and Johnny Cage punched Goro in the balls so I had a <laughs> laugh yeah um, <but laughs> But uh, that'll end it for the spoiler-free portion. And if you haven't watched this episode, which, again, we usually say this, uh, I'm not really sure how if you're a fan of this series, you probably wouldn't have watched the episode by now. But if you haven't, stop here, pause, go watch it, and then come back to us and start getting uh, the spoilers and see what you think. But, Rob, I'll let you take it away first uh, because I'm really interested to hear your thoughts because it's the first time Harrison and I hear them is when we do these episodes. So one part that I love is Zemo. I think that he is fantastic. It was really cool to see him fleshed out more. Uh, When I said I went back, I went back and rewatched civil war because I wasn't a huge fan of his, but I'm fully committed on Zemo now. I thought he was great. So I'd like to get your thoughts because he's, he's more of a part of this episode than I really thought he would be. Um, so I was just really happy with how much we got of him. What are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, I um, we kind of predicted at the end of last week, just based on how they used the same cell number and, um, for him, as they did for Princess Leia, that we would see kind of a prison break uh, in this in this episode, and and that's what we get um, early into it when um, Sam realizes what's happened, um, and he hadn't agreed to this, he hadn't signed off on any of these ideas. Um, and he tells him to shut up and, and things like that. Um, I, I was getting very much a, uh, you know, I'd compared the series before to Lethal Weapon at times. And, and I think that certainly holds true because he reminded Zemo right when we first see him kind of out of prison, reminded me a lot of of Joe Pesci's role in, in the later Lethal Weapons where he's kind of the odd duck, you know, the third, the third man. And, you yeah. know, in this, uh, in this, uh, you know, the the buddy cop movie, um, and it was, it's quite funny right at the beginning. Um, I definitely enjoyed getting to see a little more to the character, um, than what we really got in, in civil war. And, and I certainly, I thought he was a perfectly fine villain for that. You know, I thought his motives were, were interesting. There was, there's some, some weirdness to the plot of, of civil war at times, or a lot of things really, really rely on chance circumstances that, you know, are like a thousand to one, um, you know, so you kind of have to sort of just suspend disbelief there. But it was definitely fun getting to uh, see a little bit more of the character. Um, I, I kind of feel like they forgave him pretty quick, though. Like, all of a sudden, they're just kind of hanging out and chilling and sipping champagne on the airplane and, uh, um, you know, kind of overlooking the fact that this guy is an international terrorist. Um You know, I'll kind of get to some of those sorts of things I I think maybe bothered me more than than maybe they bothered you guys. But it was uh, was certainly fun. It was not what I was expecting from the character of Zemo um, when we first knew that he was going to be involved in this series.
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I I think uh, I, I like where you're going with this. Harrison, what are your thoughts on Zemo?
2: I... I was not expecting to like him. I've kind of hinted at this before, but like the the, uh, Captain America Civil War is one of my least favorite films in the MCU. I know that that's like an unpopular opinion, but I I, I don't know what it was. It just it didn't work for me. And one of those reasons was as much as I thought Zemo was like a really one of the best villains the MCU had, uh, he didn't feel exciting. Not that he didn't feel threatening or anything. He just didn't feel exciting. And now he shows up and I'm like, I'm I'm thrilled that he's there. And I'm also thrilled that he's more of like, instead of just like this incredibly intense brooding villain, he's almost kind of like an anti-hero where like he's doing something that he feels very passionately about. And sure, the way he chooses to do that is highly illegal and wrong. And that's why he ends up in prison but you can kind of understand why he feels that way. Like these people destroyed his home and his family. And so like, he's not just like some evil dude that is out to destroy the world. Like he just cares very passionately about this one particular project that he wants to see the end of. And he's like a super genius. And so he's just tons of fun. And like the way he bounces off Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan and those three characters, I think was my favorite part of this uh, season or this episode, excuse me, was just like the way that the three of them in character interact with each other was just a blast for me. Like, for example, the scene that Rob mentioned where they're breaking out of the prison, it felt very much like Ocean's Eleven type stuff to me, which was just so much fun. Uh, and I just thought it was incredibly well done. And the other thing is, there's this like one scene that's like half a second, it's just a glance, um, jumping ahead a ton. But when Sharon Carter saves them, and then she's like, I've got a place in Hyde town that I can hide you. Like, Bucky looks at Zemo, and Zemo kind of gives, like, a nod, like, yeah, we should go. As Sam looks at Zemo, and they're kind of like, okay, Zemo said give the go ahead, but then Sam, like, grabs Zemo and, like, shoves it in front of him, kind of like, we're going to listen to you in this idea because you know what to do in this area, but, like, we're still in charge, you know, get moving type of thing. It was, like, a half second, just, like, a look and, and then an action that the three of them together I just felt like had great chemistry and almost like anti-chemistry uh, in a way that just makes it so much fun. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see the character of Zemo back because I think he's really interesting as a villain per se. And, and, and I think that Daniel Brule or however you say his name is doing a great job.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that I really, that I liked about him because Rob, you said it really well in civil war. Now, obviously you and I, um, We like Civil War more than Harrison does. Uh, If you look at our list when we ranked the MCU as Harrison did it on the basement binge and we did uh, two episodes together to cover the whole saga, uh, we certainly have Civil War rated higher than Harrison does. But one thing I agree with you on is a lot of Zemo's plan seemed like it was just, okay, this is the luckiest Odds in the world for everything to line up like this. You should really like take this luck to Vegas and like bet on blackjack because for everything to line up for his plan, it had to be just, wow, the stars aligned in this. He seems like Harrison said, ultra, ultra intelligent. He just seems one step ahead all the time. He's working with them, but he seems, you know, he just seems to still have his own agenda for what he wants to happen and that he's two steps ahead of them. I like how he's presented. I did like the chemistry that the three of them had. I love the scene and I'll get your guys thoughts on it because I think it translates into the other, you know, another topic for Bucky, but the way he just kind of casually started to say the trigger words, the activation words, and was like, I know it doesn't work. I just wanted to see how you'd react. Or the way he casually just says, well, and I forget how to pronounce his name, but he mentions the guy and like Bucky snaps and grabs him on the plane. And he's like, don't say that again. Why did Zemo out of all names in that book, like pick that? Because again, he's just to me, he's presented as somebody like Harrison said, who's super intelligent, knows what he's doing. But at the same time, he does have, you know, to me, a relatable situation. Even if you don't agree with the methods, you can understand why he's so upset. And there's a line too, and it's quick, but he talks about the fact that, oh, I heard, you know, Sokovia got raided and I doubt you guys stop by the memorial. And he just says, that's what I thought because they don't answer. And again, you, you have to realize that this is a guy who seems like he was dedicated to his family, Rob hair. You know, you guys are married, Rob, you have kids. Like you guys would understand dedication to your wife, to your, you know, Harrison, to your wife, Rob, to your kids, to your family. Um, certainly, you know, I have my two sons. We've mentioned that, but, He's very relatable and he seemed, again, more relatable because of this show. And that's one of the things I love about these shows is these characters that are like, "Eh, okay, they were okay in the movie. They were passable. It's so amazing to see them get fleshed out and to be like, wow, he's so interesting. So Harrison, I'll let you kick it off first. I felt pretty bad for Bucky in this episode Because, one, he just tries to trigger him with the words. Two, he gets upset on the plane. Three, he has to act like the Winter Soldier in the bar, which I'm sure is terrible as he's trying to overcome this and the grief he feels from that time frame. Um, This was another really good episode for him. So I'll let you piggyback off of that.
2: Yeah, uh, super quick. I just want to talk about some of the things you said about Zemo because I just I can't hold my tongue on this. I just think it's so great. Like, the way they make it him, him intelligent, like, he's the one who's come up with the plan to escape and he was just waiting for, like, the opportune moment, so to speak, and he probably also needed a little bit of assistance. But it wasn't just, like, he's part of it. Or, like, another thing, we see him pit pocket the notebook from Bucky. So it's not like he's just, like, some dude who has no skills. We see him use combat skills. There's a moment where they're being shot at and Sam and Bucky just run. And he runs a different way or there's a moment where they're in something and it blows up and he's the first one to get up and he reacts totally different. And so like it's really interesting to see someone actually have reactions that seem more thought out and almost a little bit uh, more intelligent, almost like too intelligent, like super genius mode, which is fun for Zemo. And I I do have to say that you said this earlier, like this episode made me appreciate things in the MCU more like when Zemo is saying I used to be royalty before you guys destroyed my country. Uh, it like made me remember this guy really started because he lost his family. Like one of his last scenes in the Civil War is him listening to a voicemail from his wife, like the last voicemail he ever got. From her. Uh, and I can understand how horrible that would be. But to get to your question about Bucky, yeah, I had the exact same thought. Uh, particularly, there's a scene after they're in the bar, after he's in the bar fight, and he has to pretend to be the Winter Soldier again. Uh, he's sitting there cleaning his. Vibranium arm off, and like digging at the knuckles, and I was like, he probably has to clean the blood off that thing, because it gets in like the grooves, unlike it would in like a, a hand, an actual hand, which <laughs> made me so sad for him. Like he has to sit there and wipe away his mistakes in a in a very physical way that that we wouldn't. And, yeah, because one of my
0: big oh, he's oh, he's ahead, re- he's wrecking people in that scene, like. I'm sure he's holding back a little, but he's demolishing these people because he has to act like that. So, sorry. Like, I just – he's very intense.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to say that one of my biggest complaints from last episode in line with what you just said is when he was on the fight on top of the semi-trucks, he got, like, totally whooped. I was like, he is a super soldier and he has a vibranium arm. And I realized that I think it's because he was really trying to live by rule number two, which is not to hurt anyone. Like, he's really trying to change his life. And I think that Bucky's biggest story, like we talked about last time, is about redemption. Like, he's really trying to redeem himself as Bucky Barnes and not the Winter Soldier. And to have to be the Winter Soldier again and be the Winter Soldier consciously uh, made me so sad for Bucky. Uh, And just like, you could see, the acting from Sebastian Stan is so great. Like, when Zemo tells him, like, Winter Soldier attack, like, just the look on his face is like, I have to be in character as a winter soldier, like a mindless killer, but I'm so regretful of this. I don't don't know. Like it's just so, so interesting to present the story of redemption and like the struggle with that through a character like Bucky. And I, I feel so bad for him when he's sitting there cleaning his vibranium hand. It makes me so sad. I'm like, Oh, that, that horrible feeling of like, I, this is what I've done. These are my actions would just be horrible.
0: Yeah. Rob, what are your, what are your feelings on, you know, Bucky in this,
1: I I love the bar scene. Um, You know, I love to be able to see him just kind of open up and unload a little bit um, that we don't get hardly enough of at times. I think Um, I had also, I didn't catch it the first time, but the second time through, I, you know, I I caught the scene you're referring to where he's, you know, basically, you know, you you always have these scenes in action movies and shows where they're like, you know, going through and wiping the blood off their knives and swords. And, you know, they're, uh, they're checking the, their guns and, you know, pulling the, the, actions back and make you know oiling them up and things like that and he's he's doing the same thing just it's his arm like yeah instead of it being you know like a uh, a 1911 or something like that or you know um you know a desert eagle it's his it's his arm <laughs> you know i just uh, i i found that scene to be kind of funny like me personally i, I didn't take it uh, quite as, as serious um as, as you guys had for him, but, um, it's, it's definitely given me something to kind of think about a little bit more. Um, and, and perhaps that I've, I, I mean, I've certainly praised Sebastian Stan's performance through, uh, you know, three episodes of the show, but I, I think even still, maybe I haven't given him quite enough praise because, um, he's been a lot of fun to, to watch.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's been, again, you know, he, doesn't have a lot of development when you really look at the movies he's been in he he doesn't have a lot it's not a lot of screen time um certainly the winter soldier but again like a lot of that development towards the end of the movie isn't you know super capitalized on he doesn't have to me a lot like a huge huge spot more of his his presence in the MCU movies was Steve talking about him or Steve telling us how much this guy meant. I I never really felt like, you know, we should care about him because we didn't have a lot to go on, but him being fleshed out and trying to get redemption gives me a reason to care about him. He's trying to do something, but you know, how do you make up for 90 years of, or however long it was of killing people? Um, it's, it's a lot. So I like him. Uh, actually, I, sh- I should say, I really like love him through these three episodes. I think he's been great. It's been awesome to see him get more time to, to shine in this, in this series. So, you know, one guy who doesn't to me get a lot of time. And I think this is a, a quick conversation because you don't get a lot unless you guys have more on him. is one thing that I found a little strange you don't get a lot of John Walker in this episode at all. And I thought it was a little odd that we don't see him a lot. And, you know, part of him in this episode, Rob, I think this is where I agree with, you know, some of your comments of what, like what's going on. This doesn't make sense because his, to me, even though he was doing the same thing, his scenes felt disjointed as, you know, few as they were in this, he just felt completely unnecessary in this episode. And I was kind of surprised by that. Um, so Rob, I'll let you go first. What What were your thoughts on his lack of involvement?
1: It just kind of felt like those scenes were there to remind us that he's still out there and to keep him as a character that you sort of don't forget about. Um, what seems very surprising to me and To our knowledge, he does not have any enhancements or super soldier serum in him, although he very well could. Um, I'm very surprised that the government is kind of letting their symbol. They made such a big deal out of the shield and that we need a symbol for America. There's all these superheroes out there, but we need our guy. Um, And they'd go through the whole Star Spangled Man routine, Um, you know, this symbol for America. And they're just kind of letting him just off the leash doing his thing. Like it seems like he has full run of whatever mission he wants to do. It doesn't really seem like he has to check in much. Um, he calls the shots and kind of, you know, is acting in the way that, that Steve Rogers would have, um, and it's, and it's kind of surprising to me that they're letting him act in that way, as opposed to now nah, you're going to kind of stay home. We're going to, we're going to let you show up for the photo ops and things like that. We'll let you have a little bit of a taste of action, but we're not really putting you in the thick of it. Like that's not what you're here for. Um, so I've been, I've been very surprised at how much he has been involved so far.
0: Okay. Uh, Harrison, what are your thoughts on his role in this episode?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, he was kind of limited, which I think some people are happy about. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting, the, the parts that we do get about him. It's weird because I'm sad that he's he's not in it more because I just love to hate him. But uh, I think that him being more involved kind of would have ruined the tone and pacing of this episode, which is one of the things that I really love. Um, but the moment that he is there, I thought was just great juxtaposition in editing. It shows that like super stock footage GRC commercial, which I thought was just great. <laughs> I thought that was so <laughs> funny how like bad it looked. Uh, so it like jumps from that to a van pulling up that says GRC and then it's him sitting here with the shield, you know, the symbol, so to speak. Uh, and then he gets out and just is like totally brutal to this guy. Um, I was trying to look it up super quick. Watching the the beginning of the episode with subtitles, trying to find it, um, where the guy looks at him and he says like something about like you Americans you've become so brutal now or something like that, and then spits on him, and yeah. he just loses it like just just goes nuts, uh, and is uh, he yells at him like Do you know who I am? And it's like, well, you're doing a horrible job of being who you claim you are, <laughs> like that's that is. If you think about this really literally, okay, and I want to say this really carefully because, I mean, what do I know? I'm an, I'm an American. But I would think that there's people, especially in a world as broken as the MCU would be after Snap and how some people feel like the people in control, the GRC or whoever it is, are kind of hoarding the supplies and, and not giving them to the people who need it. There can be some some negative views towards the American people of power and to, like, yell at someone who is in a position of suffering do you know who I am? As in like, do you realize that I'm Captain America, that I'm the symbol of America? You're kind of further ingraining the negative symbol of America, the negative symbol of America uh, by doing that. Like, do you know who I am? Yeah, you're like, you're Captain America and you're proving exactly why I hate Americans because you're just, you think you're all that type of thing. Uh, I just think it's it's great character for him. Makes me love to hate him even more. Uh, but another thing that i Another scene that I thought was really interesting is when him and, and Lamar Hoskins, who I'm just loving, I love the character of Lamar uh, after this episode. But anyway, they're, they're walking in the prison and, and they're kind of saying, like, and he's saying like, oh, we can't uh, b- uh, pin that on, on Sam and Bucky without any evidence. And he kind of says like, uh, uh, something like, we're going to do it, but not by the books or something like that. Like they're going to do it without following the rules. And uh, Lamar says to him, are you sure you really want to do that cap? And I thought it was interesting that he called him cap kind of like, think about what it means now that you are the symbol. Uh, And I just think it's really interesting how he, uh, you know, Bucky said earlier, the world needs a new cap and this guy's far from it because he has no idea what it means to be a symbol that people can actually uh, be a part of. And I just think it's interesting that like uh, his arrogance is kind of ruining the purpose that he's trying to be. Yeah, I I agree with that.
0: He did seem really arrogant, and when he said that, like, "Do you know who I am?" Like, in my head, when I was watching the episode, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, "Do you know who you like?" Do you know who like like Do you know who you're supposed to be? um You know, and again, I I think it shows too how. You know, Rob, we talked about this in a couple episodes and Harrison, I'm sure at some point you've thought about this and we're sitting here going, you know, who would ever replace these guys and everything like that? And who knows, maybe because it's so close, um, there's not a lot of time removed from Chris Evans stepping down as Captain America. But again, I just, I think it shows how well Chris Evans grew into that role of Captain America, because I did not like him in Captain America, the first Avenger, which is a movie that Rob, you have and Harrison, you guys have pretty high regard for. Uh, Rob, I know you did. Harrison, I'm not wrong on that, right? You you had that movie yeah, I like it. In, in pretty high standard.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Um, and I wasn't really a fan and I wasn't really a fan of him. I thought he was serviceable, but man, did he grow into that role? And it's just like oh yeah like you're you're supposed to be captain america but good like good lord um and i think that's what they're trying to do because we're supposed to believe that it's sam that should have that role so kudos to how they're writing that character though to really drive home the point of well it it should be one guy like you don't deserve that this is what we want Uh, I will say in a sidebar, some of the reports that are coming out of some of the things that are being said, and I forget the actor's name in real life. um, Some of these things that were being said to him on social media. uh, Again, Harrison, you talked about this with your monthly update where you talked about the Snyder cut. It's just completely ridiculous and uncalled for. Um, I don't want to get on too much of a soapbox about people like harassing this guy on social media, but like, Good Lord, give the guy a break.
2: Yeah, he's, he's, he's playing a character uh, intentionally. Like, you're not supposed... I don't think we're supposed to love him. And uh, the people's response to it is like, well, he's just doing his job. So, But I will say, if it's okay if I can interject, something that I think is really interesting that you have me think of, there's this person who I've been following on social media who hadn't seen the MCU films until this year, and he binge-watched all of them. Uh, and he liked some of them, some of he didn't. He got to Endgame. And he didn't like it. And I was like, how can you not like <laughs> Endgame? You know, like I was really kind of like upset with him. Like, you're wrong. Go watch it again. And I thought about what it meant. Like when we got to Endgame and Captain America's Chris Evans stands up before the portal scene and like tightens the shield on his arm and is ready to take it on Thanos completely alone or when Iron Man snaps or, or whatever it is, like that moment meant something because I had been with – Chris Evans is Captain America for a long time. And like it went, it it was almost like unintentional fourth wall breaking where like this individual is this character to me. Uh, And I think that's one of the reasons that it works so well for fans of this series. And I think it's one of the reasons that, that John Walker as a character works so well is because it's like, it's like, Oh, I, I I bawled my eyeballs out when old man cap showed up. And when Sam got the shield, like, man, I'm not going to have Chris Evans as Captain America anymore. But I'm excited for Sam, for Anthony Mackey to be uh, Captain America, and now I got neither of that, and it's just like I don't like it. Yeah, uh, Rob,
0: I, you know, as somebody who's wrong on movies, because you know you don't like <laughs> the Last Jedi, and this guy doesn't like Endgame. Um,
2: <laughs> Wait, he doesn't. Rob doesn't
0: like Endgame. <laughs> as, as as being, you, you know, may have the, heard something about this in the ballpark of of being wrong. Um, ah, what, are your, yeah. what are your feelings on that with what Harrison said? Because I think that's, I, I think there is something to be said for binging the MCU or, you know, kind of seeing it the way that you and I have seen it, where, I, I mean, starting with Iron Man 1 in 2008, I mean, Rob, this was a pretty good portion of our lives that we spent. Going through this process of going, these are the people like this, like we watch them grow into these characters and watch them like, you know, we got older as they got older, so to speak. And that might sound weird, but I think anybody that listens to this show or invests in these things would understand what we're talking about.
1: A hundred percent. I think if you're the kind of person who is on your way to work right now, walking around in between classes on the treadmill, doing dishes, you know, mowing the lawn, you know, whatever it is that you're doing while you're listening to this show. Um, there's a good chance that you are, you know, a super fan of these kinds of, of shows and movies. Um, and you probably saw most of these in theaters or shortly after they came out. Um and which is which is exactly how I had seen everything in, in the MCU and, and a lot of these kinds of films. And um, I think certainly somebody who had never seen it before to just go through the whole thing in a year. Um, look, it's better than it, see films however you can. You know, everybody's free time is is precious and how they choose to spend it, the things they get into, uh, the fandoms they uh, become obsessed with are, are theirs, you know, and, and there's different stuff out there for everybody. But, man, you really do lose something by by watching all of this all at once and just bam, you know, you consume 23 movies just out of nowhere um, and, and not have those months, those years in between. I mean, you just think about the, the amount of time that was in between the end of infinity war before we got to end game. I mean, just the, I mean, I had butterflies in my stomach going into the theater for end game in a way that it, the only way I can really describe it is like going back to like high school basketball, like before a big game against a rival, you know, like it was, it was kind of like that. Like I didn't know, like, I knew I was probably going to have some very emotional reactions. I had no idea what to expect. You know, I'm, I was assuming our heroes were going to win. I didn't know what it was going to cost us. And, and when I say us, I, I really do mean like us, the fans, because we had lived a very significant portion of our lives with these characters and, and thinking about what was going to happen. We, we watched them come together in the first Avengers movie and and they didn't like each other at first, but they grew to have to rely on one another. We watched them break apart in civil war. We watched them, you know, have an uneasy alliance, you know, different parts of infinity war. Um, You know, we watched all these things and, and yeah, I, it would be so hard for me to imagine what, what you lose. Um, by just watching those I mean, and we've kind of talked about this before, how, you know, with Disney plus their strategy has been one show at a time, you know, you wait a week in between episodes and Matt, you and I certainly talked about this when we covered the Mandalorian, um, man, that show really built momentum and buzz and just energy with that one week at a time release. Um, certainly a show like WandaVision would not have had the impact that it had if they just dumped everything on there all at once the way that say Hulu and Amazon prime and, and certainly Netflix do, um, with this show as well, you know, just making you go week by week, uh, it definitely builds the excitement. And, you know, we've talked about it before between the three of us, just, man, I cannot wait till Friday. Like every time we know there's a Disney plus show on, I just can't wait till Friday. Holy cow. Is it Friday yet? Um, but yeah, it would, it would feel so strange to, you know, it's the same thing with Star Wars. Like if you've never seen the Star Wars films and you just kind of start at episode four and then you just watch all nine of them in order, like on a weekend, um, God, that would be so weird to me too.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Harrison, so... anything you want to just like kind of button up on that list?
2: I was just say it, it'd be so weird to not be the day that tickets went on sale for Endgame, when I'm at work and every single thing is crashing and I can't buy tickets. Like me and all my coworkers are freaking out (laughs) because Fandango crashed and then Adam crashed and we can't buy tickets. And then I had to wait in line and I had like four different tabs open trying to wait in line. Like he, he, he never experienced that. Or like, for example, star Wars. Like I remember being in the theater for star Wars, the last Jedi. And I went with a friend and he bought horrible tickets. So we're on the front row. Like, literally, the front row, the seats all the way reclined, and I'm, like, staring right up at the screen opening night, and when Kylo Ren comes out without a shirt on, he was, like, thicker than ever. (laughs) 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 Like, that's already a funny scene, but when you're on the front row, it makes it even, like, so uh, that doesn't have to do anything besides, like, I think that there's just, like, a relationship that I have with these characters, including Bucky and Sam, and Zemo to that extent, uh, that make everything that happens so much more exciting.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, geez, the theater experience for these movies. And again, Rob, you, you touched on it. I mean, Endgame, especially Rob and I have talked about this and Harrison, you know, we've kind of talked about this, but you know, Endgame was an 11 year cap of starting the MCU to which Rob and I were like, How will we ever get this? Because again, up until the MCU, there were successful comic book movies, but it wasn't this. I mean, I just never would have imagined that this was possible. And then it was like, okay, well, here's Endgame. And when do we ever get anything like this again? And it certainly seems like they are on the right track of still, you know, this is still very interesting and there's, you know, things to come, but it was just, I remember thinking at the time to myself, well, what, like, what do we do? Like, how do we ever come back? Like, how do we ever get back to this? Like this feeling of being in the theater and watching this and Rob, I've described this to you, you know, high-fiving when you could high-five people, Um, you know. (laughs) (laughs) distinction, yes. Yeah, like high-fiving complete strangers and just people, when everybody shows up at the portal, like my theater chanting E-Bombay and just crying their, you know, like, it was silent, but you knew everybody is like, everybody's fighting tears because nobody wants to be the person like bawling their eyes out in the theater while everybody's watching the screen when Tony does the snap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it it just, yeah. Wow. Um, So that's a long way to say that I think they're doing a great job with making it so, yeah, you're not, you know, you're not our cap here. If we're going to have another cap, it really, again, it feels like it should, it feels like it should be Sam because the guy that we grew to love as cap says it should be you. Like he even tells him. And it was one thing that I noticed when I kind of was going back that in the first Avenger captain America, he says a good man. And what does Steve say to Sam when he gives him the shield, he says, you're a good man. Um, and again, being through this for 11 years, like all of this stuff relates more to me. So I guess that's just a long winded way to say, just Jesus, get Sam, the shield. I- <laughs> <laughs> <Can we> just- <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I didn't think I would be anticipating, especially at the end of endgame wanting Sam to get the shield as much as I do like this truly to me feels and I think I mentioned it during episode 1 like this is going to be earned like this is going to be a moment where I'm like yes he's got it like he I don't know he flies in and he's got the suit and the shield or however they're going to do it I just I, I, maybe I shouldn't do this and hype myself up but I am anticipating just being like it's about damn time
2: Um, yeah I I think that that's something that's really sweet that I wouldn't have thought the show would do is like make me like just so anticipated for Falcon to land with the shield you know like I like when the show was about to start it would have just been like oh yeah he had the shield like he's gonna walk out with it you know and that's gonna be that and uh, but like that moment whenever it's coming hopefully soon uh, is gonna be a great one yeah it you know
0: Okay, I hope it's soon, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Harrison, you mentioned it a little bit earlier in, you know, the episode, we get the return of Sharon Carter, who is, you know, um, not too shabby herself. She certainly knows how to handle herself, uh, as, <laughs> e- as evident in this episode. And she's, she's carved a new, new life for herself. And, one thing, again, that I thought this episode did really well is, again, there's there's consequences for this world of the MCU and choices that characters have made. Not everything feels forgiven, not everything feels swept under the rug, or, eh, okay, it's over and done with, that was, you know, well, the snap happened, and that was five years ago, so the decisions that were made don't matter, no, there's still consequences to what she did. Uh, we certainly, like you mentioned earlier, we see that again, there's still people that are trying to reconnect with their lives from the snap after coming back. I love that about this show. It's to me, it's more so right now becoming apparent than in WandaVision of how much people are affected by the snap. I, I just And it's probably just a natural progression because we got it in WandaVision, but I liked her. Uh, Rob, I want to get your feelings first, because, again, I'm I'm waiting for one, like, what parts are just, like, kind of egregious to you about why this episode isn't as exciting for you.
1: So... You know, I guess we're, since we're on the subject of Sharon Carter, you know, it, it feels kind of weird that the, all these other guys are able to get pardoned or get deals or, or somehow working with the U.S. mil, You know, our armed forces in some way or another that were, you know, wanted, uh, you know, people on the run uh, and somehow you know, she didn't even take part in the battle in Germany, you know, where, where a lot of this stuff actually happened. You know, you think about the house arrest that Ant-Man had to be under for the period of time that he was, and then he was, you know, kind of good to go, I guess, uh, for all we can tell. Um, and, and somehow she was still sort of living in exile like that just sort of felt weird. Um, it, it didn't seem like that made a ton of sense. Um, and the way that she's introduced in this, we are led to not entirely trust her. Um, there's some things that are planted. Um, you'll notice that anytime they speak about the power broker, I, I don't think you ever actually hear a gender pronoun assigned to the power broker, like he or him or anything like that, leaving it very up in the air that the power broker could be her. Um I think that's certainly a theory that a lot of people online have, which is why I don't think that she is. Uh, I actually have a theory that the power broker is going to end up being revealed to be your boy, Ralph Boner. Uh, that's, that's my current theory that I'm working with. Um, and I would, I would, I would uh, uh, that's, that's my, uh, that's headcanon for me right now, regardless of what they do reveal. Um it, it sort of felt weird and you know kind of getting to some of the scenes matt you mentioned that you know she can she can kick a little ass um she certainly knows how to handle herself in these situations i loved last week's episode i gave it five reels um i had it as a note we didn't really get a chance to, to talk about it but the the scene on top of the uh the trucks where um they're fighting and they're, we get this cool fight scene it does seem a little bit conspicuous that nobody's got guns like there's no guns anywhere like nobody has guns nobody has knives nobody has like a shock baton or anything like that. Um, this week, it, it feels a little odd at times, like, it, that, that they're not armed better than they are. You know, like, dude's got a knife when it's more appropriate for her to have a knife that she takes off of somebody. Like, it, it some of the action scenes I didn't necessarily love. Um, that the, That's just kind of me, though. Uh, also, like, at the end, when Zemo uh, stands on top and... You know, he puts the mask on, which, yes, of course, we were going to get the comic accurate costume at some point, but it, it didn't like wh- why did he put it on? Just because it was cold and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this on, you know, um, like, it didn't make a lot of sense why they just decided at that point to have him put it on. And then he shoots the, the gas tank that's kind of like spewing, uh, you know, natural gas or whatever it was. Um, that's not exactly how explosions work. I saw that episode of MythBusters. They did it like ten years ago, and that's not how physics works. You know, like little stuff like that bothered me.
0: All right, I, I think there's some valid points in there, Harrison. What are your thoughts on on having her
2: back in the fold? And if yeah, Ralph Boner know.
0: is the power broker, I need to know if you
2: believe this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't say that I believe that. I'm being very careful, like <laughs> you mentioned earlier, with like i mentioned in my wandavision episode i'm being very careful in what theories i (laughs) on, which ones i don't uh but maybe hey the ralph boner one let's take it to the end i can get on that bandwagon um (laughs) but i do think you do bring up some good points in in the way that uh uh yeah just some of the things you said right there it makes me like take a step back and reconsider like the, the the jack jack level spoon feeding that i was accepting at that point uh and I just totally lost what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, Sharon Carter. Uh, I think that when she came back, my favorite moment of this entire episode is like the random, unnecessary pacing that makes it so much fun. Like when she's like, okay, I enjoy the party, stay out of trouble. And then it goes to Zemo. and He's like, trouble. And then it shows him like in a party dancing, and Zemo's like fist bumping to the music. <laughs> like, I wish I could have that in like a 10 hour loop. I think it's one of the best <laughs> things ever. It's so unnecessary. Like we didn't need that, but it, I just love it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what that has too much to do with Sharon Carter, except for like she was kind of the cause of it. I, I do think that we aren't. I think that she's going to turn out being. Uh, um, I whatever. I'll just say it. I think she's a power broker. I, I'm in on that as well. I didn't see the online rumors because I trying to avoid those this time uh so i'm glad to know that there's other people thinking that but the second time when i watched the episode at the end after the whole conflict and she goes her own way she gets in her tesla and she's talking to her i don't know secretary or whoever and she's got she says we have a problem well actually a few i'll tell you in the car like it it makes me seem like she is more uh invested in not like 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 she's kind of torn between helping them versus not Uh, So I'm really intrigued. I also just uh, think that it it was really like when this is really long thought. But when we saw Sharon Carter in the past two episodes, she was like someone that I just totally rooted for. Like I was totally on the cap and Sharon Carter romance because I just like she was awesome. She was awesome as agent uh, whatever she is, agent 23, I think. Uh, So I think it's a really interesting take on the character. I can't. Wow. Words. I haven't totally formed my opinion on her yet. Uh, but it was fun to see her and it was fun to see her just be a total boss in those fight scenes as choreographed as they do feel instead of kind of visceral type things. It was just fun to have her back. Um, and also to have her not just be like a standby character, but like have her, uh, kind of be involved and have some power in the situation I, I thought was tons of fun, but yeah, I, I need Zemo dancing on a 10 hour loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, so one thing for me that is the negative of this, uh, so I'll be curious to get your guys' opinion. We get a little bit of history with the Flag Smashers and some backstory, and I, I don't care. Um, I I don't care about this main character and I'm forgetting her character's name. That's how much like Carly, there you go. Um, that's how much I don't care about her character. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't find that at all really interesting. I think the most interesting thing, um, Harrison, you'll, you'll have to just not answer. Cause you don't want to get into these conspiracy theories <laughs> um, and yeah, thoughts, yeah, yeah. but the most interesting part to me about the flag smashers is when they're scoping out the building in question with all of the supplies is why in the hell is there a clearly obvious X symbol on the gate for no reason at all. There's none. Um, Harrison, I'll let you talk about the Flag Smashers first, and don't talk about why the X is there, because you don't
2: want to get yourself hyped up, and <laughs> then it'd be wrong. Well, <laughs> I'm so intrigued now. I never... I've watched this episode twice, and I didn't notice that X. I did notice an X with the one character, I forget her name, the lady that they go see in the bar that dies, whatever her name is. Uh, yes. I don't know. Uh, whatever. She's an ex... Well, she was a he in the comics, and she's usually an X-Men character, and I loved it in, like, on her walls, there was just tons and tons of Xs. Uh, so, yeah, back to the Flag Smashers, I have no idea why that X was there. I never even noticed it. I do think that, like, the um, the the backstory for both Carly and the dude she was with, Dovich, is what IMDB says his name is, was kind of just like, oh, I hear we need necessary backstory for these poor refugees and why they're upset with the government. Like, come on. Yeah. We- She wanted to be a teacher. You couldn't come up with something more sympathetic than that? Like, good for her that she wants to be a teacher. But now she's blown up buildings. Like, geez, Louise. Uh, So the Flag Smashers, I think that they are fun uh, as far as like, especially last episode. I thought how they were a great added conversation to the whole idea of nationalism and what the MCU would be going through after the snap. Where this, it kind of just feels like, oh, they're here to cause a ruckus and then blow up a car. Uh, And the backstory is just kind of like necessary refugee backstory, uh, you know, template from their Excel spreadsheet that they they have with Kevin Feige or whatever. So, yeah, I I don't I like Carly because I love Erin Kellyman. I think she has amazing screen presence, but I don't like her because the character is just like feels very uh, uh, typical.
0: Yeah. Uh Rob, what are your what are your thoughts and did you notice the cuz it's a different color than the gate. So, did you notice the X on the gate that I'm talking about and
1: you mean the red X and the blue circle around it? Yeah.
0: Uh that <laughs> X? Yeah, no,
1: I, no, I, don't I have no idea which X you're talking did, about.
0: I did, I did. Yeah. So so you didn't yeah. see it.
1: <laughs> no. definitely didn't see it. Couldn't I'll have to go back and rewatch it, Matt. I got nothing I got nothing for you. Um I saw it immediately on the first watch through and I went Ah, ah! There's a giant X. What would that be for? What are we getting? And you are like, "Wait a second, dummy! Slow down! Like that's that's not how this is going to happen. Like just you know, don't don't get ahead of yourself." Although you know we haven't really talked about Madripoor in general, and and the, I'm super excited about Madripoor because um, we you know it factors quite a bit into uh the x-men stories and, and certainly has a lot to do with wolverine he spends a lot of time there there's a lot of his stories that that happen on you know in and around madripoor and in general i love the layout i love the design i love the music they use for it like i just i just love this seedy world they created where you know it, it does really feel like a modern day pirate haven i, I i'm actually watching uh, black sails right now it's on hulu it's this great pirate show that's um it's kind of like if uh if game of thrones took place during the the golden age of Piracy, and it you know it's kind of funny that I'm watching that r- right now as well because um, this really feels like NASA, you know, from you know the, the early 1700s, but just brought into the future and and just such a cool uh, such cool production design around it. Um, but yes, I, I definitely saw it right away, um, and you know, Matt, I, I had very similar emotions to what you did about the flag smash. just like I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, we're, we're trying to build some backstory. We're trying to make these these villains seem more sympathetic. And then they just decide to explode a building full of innocent people because reasons, um, <laughs> you know, like that's that's kind of when I when I said I'm going to ruin this uh, for everybody uh, unintentionally. Like there's a lot of things that happened like that in this episode for me, which just like, wait, why is that happening? Oh, okay. Never mind. I guess we're not supposed to I guess that just doesn't have an answer. Like and that was one of them. Just yeah, we're just going to blow this place up. Like but why? Like you're on the run, you're trying to help your people, so you decide to make it worse by committing genocide? Like that's going to somehow make your lives easier and make your cause easier to get people sympathetic to or less opposition to or less armed guards looking for you, like less military presence trying to stop you, like that's the kind of stuff that gets people to come after you. That's the kind of stuff that gets global attention that you don't need. If what you're trying to do is get people to be sympathetic to what you're trying to accomplish. Like it's, you you don't often get there by just killing a whole lot of innocent people.
0: Right. And I I think Harrison, you said it, they just felt, you know, it felt very typical, like cookie cutter. Oh, here's your villain. And here's just a typical reason why they're a villain. They didn't feel unique in this episode to me. Um, But Rob, when they were in the bar, uh, because you mentioned that obviously this city has a ties to the X-Men and Wolverine. I was waiting for somebody to just mention like, is something about a guy named Patch that comes into the bar frequently. <laughs> yeah. um, just like one little throwaway name, which would have made me probably like throw myself through my front window. Um, <laughs> like, you know, um, but we didn't get it. But yeah, Harrison, you'll have to uh, go back and watch that and just see what you, you know, just see what you think. Because again, yeah, I'm curious. I, I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole again but it's just rob like it's so oddly out of place
2: yeah it Uh, didn't make sense for why that was there and and i I will say go ahead Harrison. oh oh i was gonna say they even had the princess bar on madripoor like right that's where wolverine always was so i think that even though i didn't notice the x i would say that like i wouldn't I'm breaking my own rules here, but uh, I don't think that like these are hinting at like huge things. Like the X-Men are going to show up next episode. I think that one, it's fun Easter eggs for people like us who like would throw ourselves through our front window if they mentioned someone named patch. But I also think that it's making it fitting that when the X-Men do come out, it's not just like, well, let us just shoehorn these mutants in. Like, it's going to feel really uh, like it's been fitting the entire time, which is exciting for me because that was the thing that I feared the most is like, way back whenever it was, when I found out Disney got Fox, I was like, well, great. Like we're getting the X-Men, which is awesome. But like, they're just going to shove them in here and it's going to feel unnatural. Uh, so whether it's an X on a building that I didn't notice or the princess part, I think it's exciting to see those characters start to feel more real in this universe, whether they're here next episode or not.
0: Yeah. I, I think the, the sprinkling of little teases here and there will be good. Um, I think there's also maybe some ties to why maybe mutants would be there in the first place, because there's not a lot of laws there and maybe it's easy for maybe some of them to just be there hiding, so to speak. Um, But that's a totally different discussion. Um, (laughs) You know, a a totally different episode, maybe. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yes. But, One of the other things that we skipped over when we talked about Sharon and, you know, the scene where Zemo just kind of shoots up, you know, this tank and everything like that is we find out that who perfected the super soldier serum and who brought it back. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was a guy who had been snapped and came back, but I also found it was interesting. And this made me think that maybe John, does have part of maybe John does have something in him because they made mention and I forget the exact wording that it's much more subtle that this like this serum is not non traceable but you wouldn't know it because the person's really just going to look average. I think he says like no more beefy muscles or like something like that. Um, so I thought it was interesting that there could be really depending on how many of these things got out just everyday people that are walking by that could be potentially enhanced so to speak uh harrison you know anything with that revelation about the guy coming back and working on this uh on the sierra
2: yeah i thought it was a great scene uh for one well for a few reasons one of them was that one of my biggest complaints about one of my favorite films in the MCU, The Winter Soldier, is that while it's an awesome film, after that it feels like the film didn't even happen. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. fell, Hydra was exposed, uh, but nothing changed. Like, it felt like nothing changed. But to see that this guy, in addition to being his work being affected by the snap, like, the reason – and I think that it makes way more sense. Like, yeah, sure, Hydra being exposed and S.H.I.E.L.D. falling would be a big change, but it's not going to be like overnight suddenly the world just erupts in chaos – but I think that in places like Madripoor and, and other places, we might see the effects of that, that when S.H.I.E.L.D. failed and Hydra was exposed, this types of things started to just seep out into the world in places where it could survive, which I think is super exciting to see because I, one of my biggest complaints about the MCU as a whole is that, that the Winter Soldier stakes felt like they never happened outside of the Winter Soldier. But to get to what you were kind of talking about, I thought it was a really interesting... Uh, that uh, he only made 20 vials and now the the flag smashers have them and going back to that conversation they had when they talked about how you know he died they're gonna come right for us or whatever they're, they're gonna come begging is that uh that means that they didn't take them all and so we know that eight of the flag smashers have the serum uh, and are super soldiers potentially john walker so, right so that's nine that means there's 11 left out there somewhere uh I, I don't know. It's super exciting to see. Like, well, are we just going to get super soldiers left and left and right now? You know, are they just going to be popping up on every block? Uh, I th- I just thought that was a great scene. I also thought that it was just played really well uh, through all the moving components. It, it was a it was a fun scene, and I also the way that it, uh, it its fingers spread into the rest of the MCU, both forward and back, are very exciting to me. Yeah, Rob, your thoughts. Um, you know, I thought something that was kind of interesting
1: is he talked about the um, source that he got it from. And at the end of the episode, Sam kind of makes the jump that, it would, that the blood sample came from Isaiah, um, which I didn't necessarily like I think they made that jump and you were supposed to make that jump as an audience. But I kind of felt like there was a chance that he meant somebody else, too, because he doesn't actually spell it out. Um, so I was kind of, you know, my mind went a lot of different places wondering, could there be other ones out there? Because it's, you know, Isaiah is the only one that we know of that survived, but there could be others. Um, I think we'll probably see more with him. I I don't think he's a a one and done character. Um, I would definitely like to see him. I'd love, you know, a future episode of this show to, to give us even a 10 or 15, 20 minute scene of, of him in Korea. You know, I'd love to see it. I, I just think that would be so cool to explore that. Um, you know, certainly there's, there's problems when you go forward and backward in time where things don't start to make sense, you know, like, well, why did this happen if that was just going to be later, you know, little, little things like that. Um, but I, I thought it was definitely interesting, you know, just this dude gets snapped. His work is not being Uh, it's not of any interest to anyone when he comes back because there's absolutely bigger problems in the world. Um, But if, you know, the CIA and Langley weren't going to employ him and give him the opportunity to finish something he was so passionate about that he devoted so much of his time and and energy and and thought to um, certainly somebody out there is going to be interested in it. And uh, you can certainly understand, like there were other priorities at that time. Uh, for for them to focus on, it um, certainly seems like a shame that they couldn't have remembered that guy existed. Um, but I think there's I think there's a lot that was implied in this episode. Like I mentioned, I, I think we're supposed to believe that Sharon Carter is the power broker. Um, but I don't necessarily think all of the things implied are going to pay off the way that they're implied to.
0: Yeah, um, one thing that isn't implied that is right in our face is the ending of the episode. Uh, They escape the cargo shipping area and they're going to hide out for a minute or however long they're going to hide out. And Bucky says he's going to take a walk and clear his head. But I think it was evident that he knew something was up and we get a cliffhanger, so to speak scene of guess what? Somebody's coming for Zemo. So Harrison, go first. Um, Interesting who's going to come from it. Like, is it going to be one person? Are we going to see more Wakandans? And I wonder with the unfortunate passing, um, would we have seen maybe a different character there um, at the end? Probably not, but... Who knows? Um, we know we won't see it, unfortunately, because of the tragedy. But w- what did you think of
2: that, Harrison? Uh, that caught me totally off guard. Like, uh, I'm normally, if I don't, if I can push my glasses up, I'm normally pretty good at guessing where these stories in the comic book universe are going to go. Uh, uh, well, actually, I take that back. I'm usually pretty wrong. <laughs> <not anything laughs> about it. Put my glasses back down. Uh, but th- yeah, that totally caught me off guard. Like, I was not. Like yeah, totally makes sense. Like that uh, why would they not come for him? They're they're furious with him. The same way that they remembered Claw in Black Panther, that they didn't forget about that guy. Like they seem the type of people that kind of hold a grudge against these big names. So it totally makes sense that they would show up, but my brain just didn't even think that they ever would, which is super exciting to see that there's going to be a conflict that evolves just beyond like uh, man, if, if if there's all this conflict happening, that's a lot between the the power broker, whoever that is, between uh, the flag smashers. So, like, between the power broker and the flag smashers, between the flag smashers and John Walker, between the flag smashers and Sam and Bucky, between John Walker and the flag smashers, and now between Sam and Bucky and Zemo and Wakanda. Like, those, those are tons of conflicts going on, which is exciting if they can all be handled well. So I hope that it's not uh, too much, and I hope that they all just have their own... They're all handled appropriately and timely. But I also think that it's exciting that Wakanda doesn't, isn't just, like, forgotten about until we need it. Like, Wakanda is only ever visited in Black Panther and then in Infinity War. But other than that, Wakanda is just over there. Which makes sense, because that's kind of what Wakanda is. But it's exciting that those characters and that that, that story uh, isn't just turned on and off when we need it. That it, it's continuing along with the rest of the MCU and it's still involved. So, yeah, totally caught me off guard, but I'm excited to see what happens Uh, and about Cheswick Bozeman, I I don't think he would have showed up, uh, just because that seems like it would be way too much in one series, Um, but it is sad that maybe there was some involvement that he could have had that we won't be able to see uh, because of that strategy, but either way, I think it's fun that a member of the Dora Milaje would show up who is the protector of the King of Wakanda, and they would be the ones who would hold the grudges against Zemo, so yeah, very, very exciting uh, that, uh, once again, something I was wrong about, I didn't expect it, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rob, what were your thoughts on, on how this episode capped?
1: Um, You know, you kind of forget because of how many stories, how many characters we have in the MCU. I mean, again, thinking about how massive this thing is, uh, Matt, you know, one of the things you and I talked about in our, our ranking show was just how many different, you know, once the MCU was catching fire and was making all of the money, like, everybody all of a sudden was jumping on and had to have their own connected universe and, and DC tried really hard and you know now we might have like three different versions of a DC universe if the if the restore <laughs> the Snyderverse people get their way you know like you almost like kind of forget how many stories were out there and, and it wasn't kind of until earlier in this episode I think where they talk about the fact that the Wakandans would would have something to say because Zemo, killed their their king you almost kind of like i forgot that happened like i, I literally just kind of like it I didn't even register to me um yeah i almost feel like the guy from the meme where he's got all the threads connected like okay this th- you know this group's gonna be fighting this group and <laughs> right. that group's gonna be fighting this group and like you know the dude's name's charlie and he's got the cigarette and he's like losing his mind trying to like explain all the con- connection the conspiracies like you know like you kind of need one of those to figure out like who's fighting who and and it's it's going to be really cool uh, to see how that all, you know, works itself out. Um, Yeah. Like I said, I, I, when she shows up at the end, I just go, Oh man, now it's really going to get interesting. Um, That might've been one of my favorite moments from this week and it's quick. And it's like, you know, the actor has like one line, um, but it's like, Oh wow. What are they going to do next? It's exciting.
0: Yeah, it, it was certainly exciting because, again, you know, what is, I don't think they're going to have any understanding as to, well, look, we we just need him as a means to an end. Like, I just don't see it being like, oh, okay, we'll just wait for you to finish this and then, then we'll get him. Like, no, it feels like, hmm. no, we, like... I'm here for them. Do the content
1: seem patient to you? They
0: don't seem like okay. a patient people. <laughs> no. Um, no. It, it, in terms of this, no. It, it doesn't seem like they would be patient with that. It would be, no, I, I, I said I'm here for them. So unless we have a problem, turn them over. Um, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that actually transpires because, like Harrison said, there are. There's a lot of moving parts now um, and a lot of different stories that seem to be starting because, again, um, very short show. We have three episodes left. That's kind of crazy to, to think about um, that there's only three of these left until this is done. Um, regardless of whether or not you get a second season, it's just like, oh, geez, like we only have three more Fridays of the – well. Yeah, we have three more Fridays of this before it's over, so... Oh,
2: dang. uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) How many of these... I
2: just grabbed my mood. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Like, how many of these threads are going to be tied up? How many of these are going to be kind of like WandaVision, where, well, you've got... Yeah, like, okay, you've got the toast, but... You don't have toppings yet, like. <laughs> um, well, you know, you were kind of talking about,
1: uh, you know, Wakanda shows up. Um, lest we forget that in the film Black Panther, for Wakanda, for the best interest of Wakanda, we have a husband-wife like fight because they're on opposite sides of the civil war like they care about wakanda that much that even you know you would you would i believe his line is you would fight me my love and and she replies back to him for wakanda you know absolutely and i don't i don't remember the exact line right off the top of my head and i don't expect matt to remember it either because he didn't like black panther and he's wrong for well, that. I, um he, what else was funny he I actually says back, you'd kill me yeah he's <laughs> like
2: you would <laughs> yeah. kill me for and she's like for wakanda without question and the only reason i know that is i quote that to my wife like at least once a week (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's awesome
0: that's good (laughs) yeah sorry i totally
2: distracted (laughs) you but yeah that's good stuff um (laughs) i was gonna say though when you were talking to whoever i distracted i'm so sorry i just couldn't i couldn't resist because that quote is so funny um well, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I remember. I think that it's it, it's exciting to see. I, I do wonder, as you guys were talking about Wakanda being introduced, is this shows talked as we talked about in the last episode handles a lot about race, especially for Sam, as someone who's trying to take up or not take up the mantle of Captain America as a black man. And I wonder if the Wakandans, as like a a truly like black, you know, like as African as you get in the MCU is Wakanda. Uh, And I I wonder if they will have any influence in a positive way on Sam in, in taking up the mantle. Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. I'm probably thinking about it too much, but I, I I think that they're going to be an added piece to the board in that conversation that's been happening throughout this show. And especially with what you said, Matt, with only three Hmm. episodes left, are we ever going to get back to the boat? Are we ever going to get back to the therapist? Like, Man, there's so much to handle still, and and it makes me wonder, like, how much uh, is going to be resolved, and how much was just like uh, cannon fodder for the meantime. It's interesting to see. Man, three episodes—that's it. These these things better be long. Uh, well, they did
0: confirm that the next episode is 54 minutes, so it's the same oh, okay. run, It's the same runtime as this episode, but I. Uh, Harrison, I am going to bombard your phone with memes because now that I know you quote that to your wife, it's just going to (laughs) be, it's going to be like random memes. Like you would kill me and I'm going to have a picture like, because you forgot the eggs. Yes. Um, (laughs) So you have opened up a can of worms, but
1: (laughs) unless you say save Martha right yes then <laughs> then we're cool
0: uh, <laughs> but oh my gosh. um i also think too that there was a little bit more and he says like i should have destroyed the shield but i think there was a little bit more self-reflection on sam too in this episode um and this was before we just talked about the ending so we're backtracking a little bit here Um, when he's talking to Bucky and he says that shield means something to me too. I'll take it from him before, you know, I let him, what I can't remember exactly what Bucky says. Um, But I felt like there was a little bit more self-recognition from Sam about maybe he is starting to understand why it would mean so much to actually have taken the mantle. Um, Not only like, you know, not just to him, but what it would mean for, you know, people that look up to him or to Bucky or just to the world in general. Uh, So I thought that was, you know, again, it was a little hint, but I thought it was subtly like it was well done, even though it was very subtle. Uh, I'll let Rob, I'll let you piggyback off that if you have anything to to say with that.
1: Um, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting things that were happening on that plane ride. Um, it, you know, I, I thought it was... It, I'm still trying to figure out um, how much loyalty Zemo has to these two guys who bust him out, and, and they're they're clearly having their, their mission aligned right now. Um, it's hard... You know, obviously, Zemo has no plans of ever going back to prison, um, <laughs> but... You know, for right now, their their goals are aligned. Um, And it was just it was interesting that these enemies very quickly started to have an easiness amongst each other Um, that I guess was maybe a little off putting to me at times. Um, But it's an interesting scene to,
2: to watch overall. Harrison, any follow up thoughts on that? Uh, I do have to say, just if I claim to quote it every week, the quote that I said incorrectly earlier is he says, would you kill me in my love? And she's like, for Wakanda, without a question. So anyway, I just have to correct myself else I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> but to get to your question, uh, I, I thought it was really interesting. I, the first time I watched the episode, I was like, well, that was kind of shoehorned in. I, I didn't like the conversation. The second time around, I was like, wow, like that is is a really two-sided coin. You know, this is double-edged sword that, that for some people it's a really bad thing and for other people it's a really good thing and, and, and it, trying to figure out how to make sure that it's good and not bad. Uh, and especially for somebody who has a opportunity and responsibility to carry that mantle. Uh, and, and especially in contrast to the, the conversation that Zemo brought up earlier is like where we just make these people into symbols where we forget their flaws. Uh, I don't know, just the entire conversation where, um, to have somebody speak up like Bucky and be like, hey, that that means a lot to me. Because uh, there's been a lot of like saying that it's a negative thing. And so I appreciate that Bucky got to have a chance to talk about how it's a positive thing. Um, and I'm excited for that, that to continue. So I thought, it, like you said, it, it was very small, but it was very good the way it was handled.
0: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of interesting stuff to consider for this next episode and where they're going to you know where they're going to be but rob i think we're at the point here where it doesn't you know based on what i heard from you i i don't get like a a huge overall negative or whatnot so i'm i'm interested to hear how you rate this episode
1: um, so I, I started it by saying, you know, there was definitely things that I, I disliked. There were some questions I had. There's there's some things that I said, you know, when you ask why this is happening or what exactly is going on, it's kind of hard to come up with an answer. I acknowledge all of that while still saying I had a blast with this week. Um I, I just love this show in general. It's it's really a lot of fun. Um there's you know there's some there's some mindless just kind of enjoy it and and throw popcorn down your throat while you're doing it kind of stuff for for this week um you know the breakout scene in general i just you know at the very beginning it didn't how did exactly did that work like why did that work that way like he just came up with that and somehow slipped him a card and they somehow communicated exactly what they were going to do and how and why like it just it, it didn't seem set up very well. There's there's various points where, you know, thinking about Baron Zemo again, he's he's one of the most well known terrorists in the world, and somehow literally nobody recognizes him, and like and it doesn't occur to anybody that he's walking around with an Avenger. Like they're supposed to be incognito, and and he's an Avenger and a terrorist, and they're just walking around together, <laughs> and literally nobody nobody notices. Like it just nah no biggie we're we're going to go in in costume and And then the the scene at the bar and uh, the bartender knows smiling tiger well enough to know his usual beverage, but not well enough to recognize it's a totally different dude. Like you want the usual. Yeah. Here, let me just cut this snake open. I've clearly done this before. This is, this is just kind of how we do things in Madripoor. Here's a snake and here's some guts out of it. And I'm going to put it in a shot and here you go. You're going to pound it. And yeah, you look a little different, man. Are you losing some weight or, Oh, it's the hair. you got something different with your hair going like new chain. Maybe, you know, like, and then all of a sudden all of these phones come out, everybody's recording this fight and nobody on Twitter, nobody on Instagram is going, Hey, that kind of looks like Sam Wilson. He's an Avenger. Why is he with Baron Zemo? Like there's so many things that are just weird. And then uh, the scene where they get taken up and Sam's phone goes off and he goes to answer it. And she's trusted them at this point to give them the information about who made the serum but all of a sudden stops trusting him because his phone goes off. Like my my phone goes off all day long. And most of the time it's one of my friends or my brother sending me memes, or it's my wife texting me about something that I forgot to do. And she's mad at me, or it's my boss, like reminding me about something or, or, you know, it's, it's like, my phone goes off all day long. Like, and because his phone was going off now all of a sudden she stops trusting them and makes him put it on speaker. Like it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, so I just, I just ruined this episode and I apologize for that because again, I did have fun with it. I did enjoy it. Um, But when you start trying to say, well, wait, why does this make sense? Why did this happen? Um, There's so many things that just don't hold up. Um, So to me, like this reminds me a lot of the, this, of the, episode of of the Mandalorian where uh, we get Bill Burr uh, in the second season of it when, you know, makes a second episode. Well, it was a ton of fun, but there's just so much of it that just doesn't work. Even though it's a ton of fun, it really felt a lot like that to me. Uh, So my rating on this one out of five reels, I got to give it a three.
0: Ooh.
2: Okay. Harrison, where are you, where are you at? Um, yeah, I, uh, Before I give it a rain, I got to say that I was going to bring this up earlier, and I forgot, and Rob just reminded me in one of the things he said. I'm really intrigued to see what happens when Bucky had to be, quote, the Winter Soldier in that bar fight. A bunch of people were filming him. Like, I wonder if there's going to be repercussions of that later, um, because the people in the U.S. pardoned him that he wouldn't become the Winter Soldier, and now he is, and he's with Zemo like, I'm just curious what to see the repercussions of that are, if if at all. I hope that that's not one of the things that's just kind of like, you know, falls through the cracks. But as far as my rating goes for this episode, I'm going to give it five. I, Rob kind of ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that before Rob gave his spiel, I would have given it a confident four. <laughs> but I'll take it down to three and a half and just say it like, like stepping back. I I can, I can understand the flaws and I I understand that watching it, I was just total Jack, Jack level, just being spoon fed. And it was a blast. And what I watched it twice, I would watch it the third time because it was just genuinely so much fun. And there's even that moment that I joked about that. I want a 10 hour loop of Zemo dancing. Like, like that moment just brings me so much joy and not because it like not as like a meme, but as like these are characters that I've like, I'm just so excited to see the story of and it, It's so exciting to watch. So that really elevates even though, yeah, I can totally understand. Like there's a lot of moments where you can, you know, question it and it doesn't make sense and the logic doesn't follow. And and some of it's a little weak and, and intellectually, it's not as strong as last episode. And there's a lot of things throughout the series that feel like they're kind of just dropping behind to just so we can get more action Uh, so I, would give it a solid three and a half, but with a heart next to it, like this is a three and a half that I love, you know, even though I recognize it's blossom, which it's all to you, Rob, you ruined it. I ruined it. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. I think I could, again, it seems it's going to seem really odd here, but I, I think I could get on board with a three and a half, but say, It feels like a weird three and a half because I like this episode. But uh, again, I can get behind what Rob is saying and understand why those would be uh, some of the focal points for this episode. But I, I still liked it. To me, this was if I had to break it down, I would say that this episode three was very much the episode three of WandaVision where I feel like, okay, we need episode four because we took a step back. Like now episode four, especially since we only have four five and six. Um, all right, let's see where this goes because you certainly lobbed up the softball here at the end to say, well, this conflict moves in another direction and we don't have a lot of time to, to get to the finish line. So I still like this episode a lot. I actually will say three and a half as well. Um, which ah, I feel weird ending it on three and a half just because I like it, but it feels like a weird score to give it.
2: It's like rating so. the Transformers movie. Like, man, this movie's awful, but man, I've watched the heck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and I'm just to kind of
2: piggyback on that idea for a second, you know, Matt, we kind of
1: did a quick ranking of our DCEU uh, films when we did, I think, was it Snyder Cut or Justice League? One of the two. Um, the, I think it might have been the theatrical release. Of, or maybe it was even Batman v. Superman. One of them. Anyways, listeners, go download all of them and just listen to them all. Um, but... You know, I, I've talked about, um, I, I really enjoy the original Suicide Squad movie. Um, and I can't defend it. Like it's just, you know, there's, there's so much of it that's really actually not very good, but if it's on TV, I'm watching it just cause it's, it's a blast. It's fun. Um, it's, it's just kind of weird. It's, it's kind of offbeat. It's, it's very much like guardians of the galaxy. It's, it, it's just kind of goofy and fun and it just works for me. And I don't, try to pretend that suicide squad's a great piece of film, but it's a fun movie.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of movies like that where you can say, yeah, I know it's not good, but I don't care. Cause not everything that I watch has to be necessarily good. Um, yeah. It just has to be entertaining. Uh, and I think that's kind of this episode in a nutshell. It's entertaining. It's entertaining. But when you break some of it down, it's not necessarily, you know, it doesn't make the most sense in terms of what's happening. But yeah, I, I don't care. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be really interested to see episode four. And Rob, you you touched on something that, uh, you know, go download all the episodes. So, you know, if you're, a you know, if this is the first thing that you're catching from this show, um, thanks for tuning in. Uh we really appreciate it. Uh we've got some cool things coming up where Rob, um, you know, I what you're gonna you're gonna superimpose me during the next video uh update that I do to talk oh, yeah. about what's coming. Um Rob's yeah, gonna do ideas, yeah. yeah Rob's got some ideas where uh we're gonna talk about Mortal Kombat and uh I, I might be doing a you know a friendship or a, a fatality <laughs> um Hopefully, he doesn't make me do it on the cover of The Last Jedi. Um, (laughs) You you will be doing a fatality to The Last
2: Jedi.
0: (laughs) Don't give him any ideas. (laughs) So, um, I'll certainly look forward to that. But, Harrison, this is where I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. Because listening to your monthly update, uh, you talked about something that I thought was really, really cool. Um, and since you articulated it so well, i really appreciate it if you take a minute just to tell listeners of this show and anybody who has crossed over from your show, um, tell them about Podchaser and what is going on there, because I think that's awesome. And I'd love for you to, to talk about that.
2: Yeah, of course. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that. It's actually something that I'm really excited about that I honestly had no part in doing. I'm just reaping the rewards of other people's efforts in something that I think is amazing. So uh, Podchaser, if you're a listener to The Basement Binge, I talk, I bring it up all the time, and I know Matt has as well. It's often compared to the IMDB of podcasting. In essence, you can go on and search up any podcast and find out all the details you want about it in addition to listening to any episode or you know finding it on any podcast player of your choice. But one of the things you can do is you can leave reviews and ratings on – the show as a whole, but also on each individual episode, which is something great, and I do some giveaways with that every month because of that. But Chaser, specifically for the month of April, is bringing back for the second time what they call their Reviews for Good, where every review on an episode or a podcast that's over 20 characters, for each review, they'll donate $0.25 cents to an organization called Meals on Wheels, America's Go Further Fund. Um, And then the podcaster can reply and they'll double that donation in addition to a tons of other money they're donating. So it's a very simple way if you like podcasts and you want to just spend like 20 seconds of your time and help out the podcaster that you're listening to, but also help out an amazing cause. It's a very simple thing to do to just go to podchaser.com and leave a review, man, Rob, you guys always leave me reviews. Thank you for that. I don't say thank you enough for that. Um, But to quickly talk about meals on wheels, go further fund. Meals on Wheels is an organization that sounds like exactly what it does. They bring meals to people uh, at home who aren't able to get them, specifically the elderly community. And I work with elderly elderly people in my life. I, I work with Medicare. So I learned about Meals on Wheels because of how constantly they talk about it. These This elderly community loves Meals on Wheels and they trust them and they rely on them. And so many of them have had to rely on Meals on Wheels even more during the pandemic to get basic needs like food to their home because they're at risk elderly individuals. So it's just an amazing organization that takes meals to the elderly community at home who is otherwise unable to get it. And it's a simple thing where you can donate by simply leaving a review that helps out. I'm sure Matt will appreciate the reviews. I know I do on my show and it's just amazing. Like it's so simple. You're helping out a podcast that you probably enjoy and also donating to an amazing cause without any money out of your pocket it's just an awesome thing that i think when i i opened up my email that april 1st when i was going to record the monthly update and i saw they were doing reviews for good and i literally jumped for joy because i was so excited about it it's an amazing thing that they do that's really so simple to do so thank you for giving me a chance to talk about it yeah absolutely
0: um yeah like harrison said um you know, not just me, because obviously, like, this show is called Match of the Movies, but... Uh Harrison and Rob have been a huge part of this uh, we do a lot of obviously I've been on Harrison show Harrison's on this show uh and Rob has been pretty much with me since like the beginning of when I started this he's helped out a lot we've done so many episodes together uh so I know Rob appreciates the reviews too uh he's just as big a part of the show uh you know Harrison says he doesn't thank us enough for the reviews i don't know if i thank rob enough for being a part of this show but i certainly enjoy it and uh you know rob uh i'm you know you always ask about hey what are people saying what do you like um so i I know you appreciate any of the reviews that we get about episodes uh even the ones that we're not on together because we talk about them (laughs) like
1: yeah uh and absolutely it's you know It takes almost no time at all. Um, I have Podchaser as an open tab um, on my phone. And when there's new episodes that come out, Um, you know, I'm always happy to, uh, leave, leave some thoughts, uh, leave some feedback. It helps people who are searching for content, know that it's content that's worth listening to. Uh, certainly the, the meals on wheels program is, is about as good and and whole (laughs) and wholesome and, and just awesome of, of, an organization as you can find, uh, the fact that all you have to do to get. Um, somebody to donate money to this worthy cause is just literally leave a 20 character review. Your review can just simply be Matt, you are very wrong about the last Jedi. It is a terrible movie. That can be your review. <laughs> Matt will respond and by Matt responding um, and acknowledging that he's probably wrong about the last Jedi, um, then then they're gonna dump all their donations. Um, and that is, and you can tell Harrison, he's wrong about the last Jedi too. Cause, cause he likes it too. Um, you can literally do that on any of his episodes and pod chaser, uh, is going to donate to a very worthy cause. And, uh, you know, we we all think that this is just an awesome thing and, and we cannot encourage uh, listeners to do this uh, enough because, um, it's literally free money, um, to a great cause and it helps other listeners find interesting, unique programs, um, that hopefully you've enjoyed
0: yeah uh guys thank you so much for that harrison uh i'm glad that you were able to talk about that because like i said i i loved how you brought it up in your your monthly update so you know again just to close out um thank you if this is your first listen to the show if you are a repeat listener you know we all appreciate it uh anybody who's come over from the basement bin show to listen to some of these episodes uh we appreciate you as well and all of the notes for Harrison show, the basement binge and everything else, how you can contact Matt Ghost to the movies, including links to pod chaser um, are going to be in the show notes. So go help out a great cause leave reviews for the show. we love to hear them. Thank you guys so much, Rob Harrison. I can't wait till next week. It's a little bittersweet because it means we're getting closer to the end, just like we did with Wandavision, but Thank you guys so much for being here for this. Thank you to the listeners and we'll see you next week.